0: request for all five but we don't all know them
1: so the first and the last <coughs> of the red flag hello you're listening to That Option No Longer Exists the politics podcast that comes at it from both ends of uh, Labour's broad church my name is John Bounds and with me my longtime comrade from the other side of the political aisle I don't know if you can still call me comrade That sounds, well, too comradery. I I think, Adam, if we weren't old comrades, we wouldn't be able to do this because it would descend into a shouting match. Uh, Like the rest of the country. Good point. (laughs) Well, like the the rest (laughs) of the um, Labour Party and the rest of the country and the High Court and the Supreme Court and uh, media studios up and down the land and the um, internet and everything. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're listening for the first time, you know, the scenario is that John is
0: towards the left of the Labour Party and I am no longer really in the Labour Party. So uh, I'm going to be desperately taking and and I I would say to probably less educated in the goings on in the party. So John will mention some names that I've not heard of and
1: I'm going to pretend that I
0: have heard of them and say that they're idiots.
1: Well, you might have more experience than me of the thing I thought we'd talk about first today. Um, so yesterday at the uh, Labour NEC, there was a vote that was carried by two-thirds majority to um, disassociate or uh, associate or dis-whatever um, the word is, the Labour Students Organisation. Now, um, lots of people up in arms about this. They say, oh, how can you like take away all the, the students? But this is not all of the students that are Labour members there's 20,000 plus of those this is purely the 500 or so who were actively members of the organization called Labour Students that claimed to speak for students who were Labour members.
0: I mean I'm pretty sure that when I joined Labour as a student my thing said Labour Students or maybe Young Labour I can't
1: remember. Well the the previous uh, incarnation of uh, the organisation, which may have been called Young Labour, are right, was closed down at some point because it was thought to be a uh, sort of coterie of the of the left. And the accusation is this time um, from those on the, on the right of the party, people like West Streeting or Stella Creasy, who've come up through the Labour student sort of movement that this is a factional thing that's being closed down because essentially the left do not control it. Well, I mean... I, as i understand it and see i had
0: like nearly 10 minutes to read up before um it was john landsman who proposed getting rid of it that's right John landsman being the sort of dominic cummings of the left um except that
1: he's been settled in for rather more years right isn't that an anti-semitic comment the idea that um a jewish man is pulling the strings it was a two-thirds majority on is the john landsman
0: a jewish man
1: well, OK, we'll let, we'll let you off. Uh, your ignorance of the law is no defence, Adam, but um, the, um, a I genuinely didn't know he was. He certainly <laughs> doesn't seem to want them in his party. A two-thirds majority on the NEC suggests a lot more than um, simply a, a factional decision um, in that matter, because the a lot of the her- other people on the uh, NEC, of course,
0: not being John Landsman, have to do exactly what he says because he's also Grand High Chief of Momentum
1: and they're pretty scared of him, right? Well, the people like Tom Watson, for example, who's on the NEC. Uh, no reason to be scared of him. The left, as they say, do have, they say how the left have control of uh, the NEC at the moment? But it's it's really marginal. It's one or two seats um, on the on the body. So the um, the two thirds majority is not a factional decision. But the reason behind um, the the sort of disassociation, the the closing essentially of Labour students, because what what would it be before? Um, if it wasn't um, officially affiliated to the party, is um, that they were... A group
0: of young, enthusiastic, bright people who who hope to have a future into society, uh, who might also help out campaigning,
1: yeah? A group of people who um, wanted to uh, not abide by their own membership, who had asked them please to have one member, one vote in matters. And uh, even though that had been voted for they refused to um, to implement it. So, basically, power being held by an unaccountable um, coterie, a very small and unrepresentative uh, n- number of the large number of uh, people who are students and in Labour who are out campaigning up and down the country.
0: Okay, so uh, this is where I do get a bit ignorant. One member, one vote, as in the same system with the unions and all the rest of it, uh, or just one member of Labour students... So, any one student one vote
1: that we would be one it would be one member one vote in that instance it would be one student one, one student member of, of labor or one member of labor students vote for the the committees and, and offices of, of labor students so so whoever it is at the biggest university branch has most votes well the no well, they, the, the biggest university branches would have the votes in commensurate with their numbers of members but i mean realistically um since you're, there isn't that
0: much travel around you know the people who are, are at a big university would presumably have a big chance uh of you know persuading their block it's almost like they'd get a block vote you know because people are only going to be a member for like three or four years aren't they before they move on
1: I, I, labor students is quite often, um, I think, uh, contains a lot of people doing further study as well, not just uh, sort of three-year undergraduate courses. But the the point being is that if you're going to have an organisation, you want it to be as democratic as possible. We we talked last week about the um, the problems with the uh, trigger ballot process, and there've been problems this this week with um, which have come down in favour of the Labour right in uh, Neil uh, Coyle's um, constituency, where it was uh, the trigger ballot was voted down by a major- you know, by a majority of branches, but some of those branches absolutely on the knife edge on very small numbers sort of 13 to 12, things like that. And, and again, were some branches bigger than others? I mean, it wasn't one member, one vote, was it? Well, no, That, like I say, that's a, that's a problem. So I'm pro one member, one vote, which is why I can totally understand the reason to move against the Labour Student um, Organisation for not moving to it. But, Adam, I've never been in Labour Students... You have. Tell me about it. Now that I think about it, I'm really trying to work out if I was in
0: Labour students or young Labour. But what it did for me was introduce me to some people who had broadly similar political views in order to drink with. But, of course, it in the, you know introduced some who cared quite a lot more. So I ended up doing a little bit of campaigning for somebody I now kind of regret helping, Gisela Stewart, because she was the MP for our constituency,
1: and she also turned out to be a pro-bexit lunatic. Oh, God, the fall of Gisela Stewart. It from the sort of darling of um, the membership of, of, of West Midlands Labour for having, you know, taken that seat, which was a difficult seat a couple of times, to yeah, yeah. The, the, the the fall in respect for her, given her ludicrous positions on the referendum and afterwards, uh, it's, it's been spectacular. It's gone off a cliff edge. That is a that is someone who for whom winning has not proven to be winning. No,
0: I, I mean I can't. Tell. Maybe she genuinely really doesn't like Germany.
1: I mean, she already moved away from Germany, didn't she? I didn't get involved with Labour Seasons because at the time, um, as I was uh, an undergraduate at university, this was the era of um, Tony Blair taking over from uh, John Smith and the the battles over Clause 4. So the Labour Party was way too right-wing at that point for me. I was was very attracted to um, Arthur Scargill, socialist Labour. Arthur Scargill probably also another person that turned out to be not quite as... Um, his feet weren't made quite as much knot of clay as uh, they might have been. Yeah, I totally followed that. Uh, I was in a roundabout way of saying that it turns out that Arthur Scargill might have been a little bit of a wrong one, despite being right on lots and lots of things.
0: Didn't he? I mean, he also sort of broadly
1: took the side of that guy who beat a taxi driver to death, didn't he? That sort I mean, that sort of thing. The um, yeah. It's... It is difficult because, as a, like I say, as a, as a student or as a young person, you are not quite so sure who you're following. You haven't got the time. And in those days, sort of in the, the late 90s, pre, not pre-internet, but pre the internet as a functional information source for anything other than um, lists of other websites on websites well, yeah. and things. And, and the
0: Telegraph like... online, before the Telegraph became a sort of big Daily Mail and was just an ordinarily right-wing paper, it was the only one that distributed news for free
1: do you remember i do i do remember it was um it was lots of uh, yeah it was a really uh, weird place that that early internet um the 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 idea that it turned into the sort of a behemoth of um information and commerce and abuse <laughs> that it has now, and uh, obviously, uh, let's keep in keeping with the internet. Um, yeah, those fucking Blairites uh, that were obviously um, part of uh, what gain does holding that does holding that organisation really have to someone? Is it just a foothold in the in the organisation for some? Well, I think I mean that's, that's the thing.
0: For some, you know, for people my age, then it was the Labour Party, and the Labour Party seemed like. The goodies in comparison with the people they'd replaced, and maybe you know, age eighteen or whatever, when your primary interests are beer and hanging around with some interesting people, and you know, if if all goes wrong with the interesting people talking politics with them, and if life goes rather better, uh,
1: yeah, I'm going to edit this bit. <laughs> <laughs> did you join? Did you join Labour Students, Adam, to see if you could get off with girls?
0: Uh, all right, let's not edit this bit. I didn't. But it certainly became an ambition of mine once I joined Labour
1: Students. Anyway. Is that the reason... And they say sort of politics is um, showbiz for ugly people. Is that the... I mean, I'm not calling you ugly. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> no, just, no. That's a
1: damning indictment of some of the girls that Labour Students. Uh, <laughs> and an entirely inaccurate one. But I was, um, I was, I was thinking that when I... Um, you know, when you join most things... Um, and when you become active in in lots of things, there is sort of that camaraderie, the sort of meeting people thing is hugely important. That's why yeah. lots of people do. Um, that's yeah, why lots of people And, do and things, also, right? you
0: identify, I think, very quickly a few, you know, some people who are they see it as a political route to wearing a suit and getting an unwinnable seat, and then eventually get. You know, there's a path there. Several people who can see the path. Other people are just there because you have to be in a, a club at university, and they sort of understood politics before, so they they had
1: a, a run in, you know. But the the sort of um, the factional disputes, they're played out larger because people of that age, a uh, you know, are possibly more passionate, less um, ground down by things, but also they've got a lot more time on their hands, right? Um, Yeah, but a lot... Well, no,
0: because I I don't know... uh, Certainly, these days, of course, you can download your essays, and um, the whole point of university is learning how to blag your way through things so you can get through the rest of life. But... Back then, you had to spend a certain amount of time actually going and looking at books and typing out your essays yourself because you couldn't download them yet. So uh, you'd be surprised how, much, how, how little time there was and how little... Inf- I think everyone felt they didn't have very much influence on national policy.
1: Well, that was that was the policy of... Um, that was the policy of um, the Blair era sort of top table, wasn't it? Let's have as few people as possible outside of uh, Tony Blair... Peter Mandelson, Alastair Campbell, and Gordon Brown—if they felt in the mood uh have influence on policy at all, right? That was um, that was the year. You, you, know, you know, the more people you get involved in these things, the more confusing they get. It,
0: yeah, I, I guess. And anyway, maybe I—I'm not sure I would have offered the best
1: advice. <laughs> It's, um, so we, I was thinking that it would be, uh, either, I mean, if you're going to do this, if you're going to make this, and you can see if you look at the internet um, on on, on, the, on Wednesday this week, and it's a, a day before the Supreme Court judgment um, is scheduled to come out, that? it's a That's lot. That's why we can afford to spend a quarter of an hour talking about Labour students, is because really, whatever right. we say about that. Is going to be really out of date tomorrow, isn't it? But it, well, yeah, but also that's why potentially doing it now was a clever move because the the um, the left internet is alight with hot takes on this right now, and some people are very obsessed about it. But it's going to be sort of yesterday's internet chip wrappings um, tomorrow. Um, yeah. So actually, it's a very clever move, and I, I thought it would have been a, a really nice time to to slip some more things out. Um, the, uh, you keep it in your pan. Well, it's it's been quite. Um, it's, did you notice? Did you notice, for example, at the uh, Scottish Labour conference last week, John McDonnell um, announced a policy to abolish the House of Lords, and nobody noticed.
0: No, I didn't notice that. I was too busy noticing the Liberal Democrats. As
1: far as, far as I'm, though they announced um, the uh, the possibility of floating the idea of a federalised UK and abolishing the House of Lords, and I thought, wow, that's just. I mean. That just completely slipped through. Either no one noticed, or everybody thought, "Yeah, fair enough."
0: Well, a federal UK is the obvious next step after a Brexit.
1: We'll see what happens on that. But it's great to see people talking about it. I think it's um, we've talked about it. We've talked about it before. Now I, th- I think it's a it's a it's a logical step. Whether we stay in or or go or go out, because we need to rebalance the, the democratic power in in lots of ways. But it's. It's weird, isn't it? And that was um, what the thing that I'd got scheduled to uh, to talk about for our um, question about whether something, whether the option of something still exists, because I was going to ask you. (laughs) That's a good um, title
0: for a. Oh yeah, (laughs)
1: yeah. I was going to ask you whether or not, given the sort of continual rolling news and bullshit and reaction and counter-reaction and he said and she said and they said and they all said and we've discovered that they said 20 years ago in an obscure book forum and were suddenly going to be upset about it uh routine um does the option of politics ever returning to being boring still exist well yeah i mean loud noise is just noise isn't
0: it right like, it, it... To use a photographic analogy you know you look at you take a picture in the dark and it 's got a sort of pattern of grainy noise and if it 's even darker and the camera has to work even harder, that noise gets more staticky and more crap. but it's still spread evenly across the thing so that's that feels like how we 're getting now everything 's just after a while it, you know you can 't see any detail in it you just tu- you just have to tune
1: it down further to not hear it but um so but people have tuned things down so far that people have you know, tuned down and they've tuned the volume down. They've not heard John McDonnell say something about abolishing the House of Lords and moving to a federal UK. They've turned down and they've not seen or noticed Liz Truss signing um, two illegal armed um, shipments to Saudi Arabia. It barely seems to have registered.
0: It is, I mean, it is fascinating how little attention is being paid to the government because we're too busy worrying about whether the government has already done a big naughty I I I feel like it it, it does seem plausible that in a scenario where the one big piece of news isn't being discussed, There is a bit of room for other stuff. I think that the overall trend is that a lot of people are still just either tuned out or permanently connected to one or other partisan news broadcast. And at some point, the BBC will lose out to a Fox News-esque environment where, you know, you choose your politics and you align yourself not to a political party, but to a TV station.
1: I absolutely... I'm horrified by the idea that you think the BBC hasn't already become one of those things the sheer partisanness of the BBC's output not towards a political party necessarily but towards a you know a system of a system of existence, an economic system, the idea that they could be any more welded to the status quo is phenomenal. I mean, as far as I I'm was... I'm not
0: in... saying that I don't think their editorial is balanced a bit the wrong way, but one of the nice things about the BBC is that at least the other people think that too, inversely. What I mean is the difference between, for, for want of a better word, Daily Express vision versus communism vision you know that's that's the likely future if there's no control and at some point there won't be controls because even even if there are tv is a less significant
1: part of the debate and there have never been any successful controls online tv well tv may obviously become less significant so that yeah tv did not react to the the boris johnson hedge incident quite as much as um i thought it would and the rest of the internet did i mean i really enjoyed that not because i was thinking oh it's brilliant. um, you know, the guy's humiliating the Luxem- Luxembourg was, uh, Prime Minister was humiliating Boris Johnson or anything. But I just like the fact he was, you know, gesturing to an empty space. And it looked like he was the Lib Dem leader announcing a sort of homophobic shrub that had just defected from the Tory party to be <laughs> their new MP. Um, it was quite, yeah, he, here we are. He's, vo- he's voted against um, gay marriage. He's absolutely. Uh, protesting everybody and discriminating against people with hiv but he's our new spokesperson for greenfly (laughs) honestly i didn't watch the whole thing i don't know what they gave him what i do know
0: is that he's the first person to come up and arrive at a lib dem conference and lib dem's heard you know broadly doing all right gaining a few new members and at some point presumably said i'm the member and did not get a round of applause
1: whereas normally saying i've joined the lib dems is uh considered a plus it's also um oh, it's considered something it's one of the uh uh 20 questions in the psychopath test isn't it have you uh, joined the lib dems the um, the idea i'm absolutely thoroughly committed to having no ideas or morals well I, okay I, i'm gonna say liberal democrats right they believe in
0: allowing society to make democratic choices about their rules which sounds an awful lot like what john landsman says about the Labour Party.
1: Well, shall we, shall we... Shall we go straight into Lib Dems? Because I was going to ask this week whether or not you think the new leader of the Lib Dems, who is not a shrub, uh, Jo Swinson, is clever or stupid. The way she's taken um, the Lib Dems in a very singular direction, would you like me to give my position on what that is? Um... So, the, I, I feel like where well, you're going to anyway. Well, so the, I, I just thought I'd do it quickly. So, the the idea that I think she's positioned herself to the right of the Tories economically, I think they've positioned themselves to the far extreme of sort of globalist neoliberal federalism. I think they've committed themselves to absolutely being. Um, I mean, I'm surprised they haven't phoned you up to come and join. You're, uh, you know. <laughs> You're a floating member, as it were. Um, it's, uh, it said, "Did they Well, Well, did they? And if they had no, have done, would, would they have been I clever? I still, I still don't think they have quite enough members to actually have phone banks that kind of thing. But uh, they've got more members than the tourists as far as I'm aware. The um, but no, that's not necessarily that many. But it's 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 fascinating, and I, I, you can possibly make a case for it. Um, Electorally, perhaps, but it requires a huge amount of um, sort of magical thinking from the membership, doesn't it? To the idea that it's worth voting on what their position is if they become a majority government. It's it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because it feels it feels like
0: you have to do that if you're leading a party, you know, who are standing in an election to be potentially a majority government. If you're fielding someone in every seat, then at least in theory, you're hoping to win in every seat. And
1: these days. While it's less improbable, it's probably still fairly improbable, right? It's it's phenomenal. Apparently Ladbrokes would would offer you um, 16 to 1 on the Lib Dems getting less than 180 seats. And I would, if I had any spare money, I'd be snapping their hands off. Not 16 to 1, 1 to 16. Um, 16
0: to 1 on. So if I give them a tenner, they give me £160 if the Lib Dems get fewer than
1: 180. No, 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 no. no. If you give them a a tenner, you'll get your tenner back plus um, a sixteenth of a tenner. Oh. Whatever that is so basically it's higher interest rate than you'll get at any bank that's true yeah and it's guaranteed is it worth is it worth the sort of i don't know humiliation to have to to be chasing after that i think vanishingly small part of the Tory electorate that think they're socially liberal but are still happy with the um the anti gay Tories joining
0: i mean i don't know i don't know if you notice but um Dave Cameron's little book slipped out of his shed this week, didn't it? And the big revelations were that he um, underestimated the number of Tory members who were rabid, xenophobic, anti-European lunatics.
1: Something that very few other people have done, let's be honest.
0: Yeah, and and the thing about that is, that is now exactly the same mistake the Lib Dems are making if they are
1: exclusively
0: targeting those voters. They're looking at the Tories and they're thinking, Well... All right, sure, most of them turned out to be xenophobic lunatics who um, believe in Britain, you know, by closing their eyes and believing really hard in Britain and remembering the war. Almost none of them cared about the economy or any of the other things the Tories used to talk about. So we, as Lib Dems, will step in and go after, you know, that very tiny group who care about the economy and stuff. That doesn't seem like a great move, because, you know, they're only going to get some of them. In the same way the Tories are going after the Labour voters... Who used to believe in being nice to people and making sure people had jobs, unless those people were foreign. Uh, and it turns out that there'll be quite a lot of Labour voters like that,
1: but still not all of them. I think you are. I think you're underestimating the class solidarity of of Labour voters. To be perfectly honest, I think you're going down the John Harris um, route there. But it, and I, I think the sort of
0: um, the I'm stereotyping, but that is the stereotype the Tories are after. Oh right?
1: yeah, oh definitely. The uh, and what, what the Brexit ultimate question of this election
0: is if, if we take if we take the polling roughly that, um, and admittedly it could be another couple of years before the actual election, but uh, Jeremy Corbyn will probably could probably do roughly what he's done before. You know that nuanced position. Or semi nuanced, or whatever you know, logical though it is, only
1: matters if you're in power. Well, I, I, I have no doubt that Labour are going to win the forthcoming general election. So, um, yeah, and that that is the problem because everyone
0: else does have a big doubt. Polls still have a doubt. I think. Um, it, you know, I think it,
1: without Liberal Democrat support, you're not going to win. I think it will be. Uh, well, this is the this is the thing when the Liberal Democrats saying they're not going to support Labour. Though either they are absolute. Essentially, people choosing barbarism oh, yes, over socialism, they, they probably oh, but here 's the thing that if they think they could depose the uh, the labor leader who 's just won a majority in the idea that you know they they sort of um, attempted to sort of tickle uh, Gordon Brown away after the two thousand and ten election and then didn 't go with him anyway, but that was a, a losing position and he was he was on the way out. The idea that a sort of semi triumphant Corbyn would be pushed out by a party of possibly 30 obstreperous um, sandal wearers and refugees from the Tory benches, the idea that that was going to um, hold any water at all, they would even if they're, no, even if they're needed and with SNP support they might not be, they would just be washed away.
0: I think it's an uh, interesting, I mean yeah, it's funny you should say that about SNP support um, I don't understand why the SNP are not fully in favour of Brexit because you think, from their point of view, you know the idea of causing a disaster to the UK's economy for the longer game of the guaranteed Scottish independence that that would bring
1: is surely the logical game to play. Well, the SNP are always surprisingly fiscally conservative, aren't they? They talk up a left-wing game, but they are not particularly.
0: It's because they know they're going to win in the long run. I guess so they don't want to destroy the country in the short term. Well,
1: it, it, I think it's partly to do with the, you know, how difficult Europe are and how I don't know, perhaps surprisingly sticklers to their own rules when they want to be. So maybe it, it's quite, um, maybe it's thinking is thinking now. Oh, maybe they really wouldn't let us stay in. Well, it wouldn't be staying. They'd have to apply, and the rules to apply at the moment are quite strict. You have to go straight into Schengen, don't you?
0: I uh, believe so. Although I imagine that that might be slightly tricky for a, an external state. I mean, bear in mind that bear in mind that at that point the Europeans would politically want to stick it to England, um, and so they could definitely make that work. Uh, and that Scotland would probably find it easier to switch to the euro, and the Scots would find that hilarious as well
1: as long as they get to have um, uh, Mel Gibson's bare blue ass on, uh, on the notes. We happy <laughs> on, right? their, on, their, on their coin, yeah. I mean, that's what they have now. That's why they're so difficult to spend in London. I've, I don't believe I've ever... I mean, I don't, don't see notes very often anymore, but I haven't seen a Scottish fiver for a long time.
0: I can't remember if there's more than one from different Scottish banks or if I confuse that with the fact that Northern Ireland also has different money.
1: We Jimmy Cranky, the worst one was um, going, you know, uh, fairly recently went to the Isle of Man and they get everywhere, they let you spend English money and gave you your change in Manx Notes you know, oh god. The cafe at the airport coming back, there was an absolutely roaring trade on things like big Twixes for lots of money because you think I cannot take this Money back.
0: You get you get a taxi to Edinburgh Airport, and they delight in making sure you've got Scottish change. You know, even if they even if you don't need change, they'll make sure you get change because they know you won't be able to spend it in
1: England. And this is, um, I wonder if you it's a similar thing with um, Scottish political capital. You don't seem to be able to spend that in England. Um, I don't think that the um, I don't think that the uh, Lib Dems, um, you know, having a few seats in Scotland, or as they do, that's going to translate. In fact, I find, I think that it's going to be really difficult for them to hold their... Uh, no matter how remaining uh, they go, it's going to be difficult for them to hold their uh, Scottish seats if they are seen as, as right-wing.
0: But are they being seen... I mean, by someone like yourself, who is quite attached to the Labour Party, almost like off Fed daily press releases, um, you know how the left and the Labour Party for, you know, for sake of argument half a million people really feel about the Lib Dems, really feel about these things. What you know? What does the man in the street who only really pays attention to politics a little bit before an
1: election and then ducks their head down and really wishes Brexit would all just go away? They're giving, because it's- they're giving us loads of ammunition there. I mean, in um, the constituency I'm in, um, it's a I don't know, it's, a, it's a uh ex, um it's a lib dem tory marginal that might be less marginal for uh, the lib dems this time if they're they're doing well but the i you know there are genuine talks um sort of not official talks but in the the labor sort of circles again we know is this one we're going to really really push at or does that you know, does that risk a, the Tories? Getting in, and I know that's not how um, we're meant to talk, but that is how people talk. They're not talking about giving any less effort or wanting a Labour government any less. They're no, thinking, no, you don't say it out loud. Well, they're thinking. But they're, yeah, thinking, they're, thinking about, you they're thinking about your near, you know, our nearest marginal, which is probably um, one of the Reading seats. Um, but the um, but you could, and there has been some atrocious behaviour and statements from our Lib Dem. MP in, re- in recent weeks, including supporting Philip Lee's essentially um, uh, homophobic HIV uh, amendment. Um, you know, sub- not supporting it as in voting for it, but supporting his reasons for doing it. Um, and you just think you could really fry these bastards if you wanted to.
0: Yeah, and that won't be a good move. I mean, that's that's going to be it. targeting the Lib Dems will be disastrous for Labour, in my view, because Labour can't win, in my view, and really do want to get some support from the Lib Dems. At the very least, don't want there to be an obviously hostile environment.
1: So, so, so we better know, make sure that the Lib Dems don't go into government with the Tories, because that's what we get, right? The, uh... yeah, yes, well,
0: that's, you know, that doesn't work out well, does it? That's not what you want. You'd rather end up in a situation where the Lib Dems can go into government with you. I'd rather end up in a situation where we don't need them. Well, I know you would, but leaving that possibility aside, since it seems a bit of a stretch.
1: Okay, go on. Yeah, no, a, well, that is, there is a there is a thing which I think means that, and I think this is true, that Labour in 2017 did a sort of a two-pronged attack where they campaigned anti-tory but also pro the 2017 manifesto and i think it's a, a really uh difficult one the labor have to double down on the sort of positive message in the forthcoming election because some of the anti-tory attack lines are uh, are, are muted a little bit are dulled a little bit by the fact they're now saying they're going to turn the spending taps on um they won't but that's what the messaging says and that's what the, and that's yeah, what the media is. say.
0: And they've got it across very effectively. So that's, that's going to be a real problem for Labour. So we
1: absolutely have and to... And they've
0: certainly got it across effectively enough to get those people who want to hear about the spending, but, of course, really just don't like foreigners. But don't, you know, they don't want to be motivated by that. They want to say, oh, I'm voting for the Tories for all the money for the NHS, in the same way that they wanted to vote for Brexit for all the NHS, but actually they were voting because they don't like
1: foreigners. This is, and that's the normal job of the the Lib Dems, essentially, to provide cover for arseholes, Um to say that they're uh, they're not voting. I Tory. don't know. I've,
0: I've always thought it is provide cover for you know. This is because I grew up in the, in Somerset, where voting Lib Dem was the best possible hope you had to not get Tom King, uh, as it turns out, not the worst Tory in all history. Um, I mean,
1: Christ, that's one hell, that's what? one hell of a competition. That you know, when they have these Twitter World Cups. Um, maybe maybe <laughs> we should start the uh, Twitter World Cups of the worst Tories in history, and uh, see if that uh, gets a vote. no, I mean, and 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 certainly back in the the sort of Charles Kennedy days and and pre that, um, there was an there was a sort of honourable line for the Lib Dems. They hadn't quite shown themselves to be, you know, liberalism is built on sand, but they hadn't actually sort of. Shown themselves to be, I don't know, sweeping it into the sea or anything at that point. I think, well, you know, as I said, liberalism, as it, or certainly the belief in democracy, that side
0: of thing, and the belief that the people's opinions matters and should be enacted, is is just the same thing as Momentum keep claiming they think when they're talking about internal party democracy. The difference is they want that, you know, democracy to come straight from the people rather than from a proportion of the people. And you know, in that sense, they're that isn't necessarily wrong. When you say liberalism, what you really mean is the actual Liberal Democrats, the people you're putting in the sandals and that kind of thing who sit in the middle of UK
1: politics. No, I... I
0: and that is a different... Method, I make... I,
1: well, I, I think a lot of people do that. I make a, I do make a distinction between liberals, as in classical liberals, and um, people who are members of the various parties called liberal or having liberal in their name over the the various years. But there are... But the the classical liberal is still a problem because the classical liberal still relies and believes that everyone on all sides of a debate is an honest actor. And we just as we're having a great big court case about the fact that at least at the very least, no matter what your opinions on the people on the left, the people on the right are not
0: and have never been
1: honest actors.
0: Well, now that's hardly fair. We don't know for sure whether the government is going to win or lose the case yet. All we know today, today today's the middle day, uh, is that the government lawyer stood up in the morning and told the judges it was inappropriate for them to intervene which is sort of daring them to do so, isn't it? it? It seems to me to be he may as well have just walked up to the bench of 11 most important judges in the country, put both hands up and go,
1: come on then, come on then if you think you're hard enough. How glad or otherwise upset are you to be the 12th member of the Supreme Court who isn't in this um, trial? Do you, are, you, are, you ups- are you upset you don't get your own page of uh, character assassination in the Daily Mail or what? <laughs> I couldn't be a twelfth member. You have to have an even,
0: no- uh, sorry, an odd number in case
1: there's a, you know. But there, are, but there are, yeah, but there are twelve members. So there's only one who's not sitting. Yes. It's a sob. They're, but, they're know, the subs. They're warming up outside. They're running up and down. They're taking the I... tracksuit off. <laughs> <laughs> they're having a bit. Of <laughs> <laughs> they're having a bit of banter with the banter with the people on the the crowd, talking to the linesmen...
0: They're operating. They're operating the VAR. What I like is that they've they've had to fish out, you know, because of the rules, because of the way the, the UK Supreme Court works, is they have to make sure there's a certain number of Scottish, you know, and a certain Northern Irish as well to to cover everything. Well, it, it's it's a very interesting sort of demonstration as well of the su- uh, Supreme Court as created Taunty by Blair, uh, New Labour, essentially a rebranding of what we used to call the House of Lords when I was a boy. Broadly rebranding the best uh, Labour did, arguably, you know, in terms of sort of legal improvement was, and certainly in terms of branding legal improvement, was introducing the Human Rights Act um, and preventing people from having to go all the way uh, to Europe to have basic hearings about the, whether laws broke human rights. And the nice thing about that was they called that bringing rights home. They showed people the benefits of international law in a way that really worked and was appealing and was something that could actually be campaigned on successfully
1: it's amazing how much the world has changed i'm it? not yeah i'm uh, i'm not denying that that was a that was a good move i think the um the i've never said that uh, new labor didn't do some good things i think they did some bad things and i think we know what they are and i think they didn't do enough good things when they had the opportunity
0: yeah people always say that the opportunities yeah, I think people always forget the opportunity is going to go away. You know, in the same way that all those people, you know, the people who in Labour students weren't uh, just going to the parties at the conferences and listening to um, Things Can Only Get Better again and again into the middle of the night as they drink economy beer uh, and then sneaking up to the stage in the middle of the night and stand on the podium and pretend to be Tony Blair. Right. Is those that people you who did, actually though? joined... I totally did that. I'll show you the picture. We can put the picture on the... Um, yeah, you know, put it on the Twitter uh, feed. Um, at uh, that option pod, we'll put it, we'll put it on there. It, th- those people who took it rather more seriously were not thinking to themselves, well, if they're in government now, what the chances of them being in government when I'm sort of old enough to do anything? Not so strong, are they?
1: Well, you, you knew that the 97 majority was so big that it'd
0: hold for more than one term. It takes more than one term to work your way through, doesn't it, politics for the most part? I know there are a few young'uns now. Presumably they'll be abolished now that they abolish young people again. But
1: the, um, we need a fresh... Um...
0: I mean, we know, stud- we know student politics has a future because Jeremy Corbyn, although he couldn't make it as a student because he had to know things and be clever, he was able to be involved in politics
1: as a student. He was, um, he was very busy doing good works in Jamaica. <laughs> wasn't he? The, um...
0: Well, the good, the good works in Jamaica meant he didn't have to sit the exam. <laughs>
1: Um, I don't know whether or not this is true, but uh, one of the motions coming to a uh, conference this week in no way connected to Jeremy Corbyn going to Jamaica is Labour thinking about decriminalising or legalising uh, most drugs. That's,
0: I mean, that feels like something.
1: It's a progressive thing. It's worked in Portugal. But also, I wonder yeah, if that meant...
0: It's, it's come and gone in Labour, hasn't it, as well? There was a lot of... Uh... I just wonder if that
1: meant they were going for the Tory leadership candidate first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, I I also noticed that since we're talking about conference scheduling um, and just to bring up a sore point for the Labour Party that uh, they have decided to speak about the uh, disciplinary, you know, so the Jewish issue and they've scheduled a debate on the Jewish Sabbath. Did you know I did that? not know. I did uh, not know that the, the, the uh, Jewish labor, the Jewish labor movement, who are already slightly irked that they were not invited to get involved in the discussion about the new disciplinary system, uh, are also a little offended that their more devout members won't even be able
1: to come to the debate on the uh, conference. I did. I did not know that. That seems to be. Curious. Well, it, it does seem. Um, I suppose it's inevitable. But the um, political wranglings about the um, the the structure of of conference and there's a conference arrangements committee is kind of disappointing because you know i'm on a bound to vote for the left candidates on that um and I, I want them but it shouldn't be beyond the wit of labor to devise a mechanism that suggests you know well, let's do this on pure numbers for example um, you know, the number of CLPs that have brought the, the Green New Deal motion, uh, for example, that massively outweighs every, everything else. So that should be given priority. It, it seems that, that you know, it almost seems that you could work this out mathematically without having to have, you know, things that could be accused of factional interference. It, it's in almost there. like somewhere
0: underneath there's a certain amount of political trickiness going on because a, you know, there are still some people who do not want things to be party policy and while
1: democracy you know we see democracy on the top
0: uh it isn't quite a perfect system
1: well there's a, a conference obviously you know is sort of a hodgepodge of things that is now um part you know is a hodgepodge of things that are very physical in the digital age not that i'm suggesting that you could really do that uh, you know total vote on on every policy by every member and that would Totally. By the way, make a very that would make a very left-wing manifesto that you wouldn't be happy with, wouldn't it? Yeah. But
0: well, it, it, yes. It, it, I mean, that's the problem, isn't it? Getting things unelectable <laughs> from one way or another is that you still have to the the huge break in the difference between the Labour Party members' mindset and their opinion about what most people think, and the reality of what most people think, and that average and how far you can push it. That's where things go wrong if you let yeah people it's like you know being told about trains by an enthusiast you can you can listen for so long that you
1: you won't care a lot sooner than they won't care <laughs> this sounds like something that's um had a, an experience in your life yeah well, the enthusiast in my life is 3 years old <laughs> yeah i've i've got one of those the um, although he doesn't know anything about trains other than the fact that they exist and he likes to point at them and they need batteries so, returning back to the the question, so it kind of which kind of does tie in the um, if the Liberal Democrats are taking if Joe Swinson is making the Liberal Democrats or take, or dragging the Liberal Democrats when they're in the you know she's in the first flush of uh, leadership to these w- very odd um, right further right than Tories economically on the absolutely extreme wing of any uh, neoliberal trading bloc debate. Is that a clever thing to do or is it a bloody stupid thing to do?
0: Is Jo Swinton stupid? Maybe she's just in a. She knows she's only going to get some attention for a brief period of time. And so she's leaping on, going for that that group of voters we identified, the 10% or so of people who really are economic conservatives. There's, There's no need to be too nicey-nicey with the gulp or win that kind of thing, because they're probably not going to be trying obsessively in the Labour Lib Dem marginals. It's those Tory marginals that are more accessible, and so it's those Tories that she needs to win over. So perhaps that seems a bright move. The other thing they've done this week, of course, is announced the intention to revoke Article, uh, Article 50, which is absolutely the right thing to do. So unless of course you want an insane economic catastrophe brexit, if you want Brexit, I'm sure there will be a democratic opportunity to have another crack at it at some point. <laughs> but right now we've totally made a mess of the so <laughs> totally made a mess of it, so why not do the only thing you can do to reset the clock and maybe everyone can shut up about it for a year or so it, at the very least it's it's an interesting, different
1: proposition
0: that is going to give them something to talk about and is going to give TV media a reason to talk to them.
1: They um, so yeah, And that either, that's the problem. If you're a third party, you just want the attention. its um, They're essentially soiling themselves in public to get noticed, I think, with the, the austerity stuff.
0: Uh, sorry, hang on. With the
1: assert, austerity well, stuff? Well, um, I mean, the revoke is a not particularly democratic and I wouldn't have thought particularly widely popular... Policy, but we know austerity is really unpopular. And yet, Joe Swinson has made a number of pro-austerity statements, even this week. Yeah, that's that is just just shitting your pants for attention. Also,
0: even than the Tories. I mean, yes, exactly. um I don't even. I you know, I do this podcast, and I haven't listened to her word for word the whole thing. So. I know she has come across a bit oddly, but she has got quite a bit of attention.
1: Well not as what well. the weird thing is, of course, that um she you know, she's fighting for attention.
0: I mean it's not a great week, not a great week, is it, for the Lib Dems to have a cop?
1: you know, to try and get
0: political attention. That's
1: true. I think um Boris Johnson's pulled focus again by um you know, every time he goes out in public he just gets harangued. He's been um visited a hospital and uh, today and um, uh, the, the parent of the sick child has absolutely taken him to the cleaners in full view of the, the press who then, bizarrely, Boris Johnson claimed weren't there. <laughs> Even though you were looking at it through their camera. Indeed. There, there are no <laughs> press here, there are no press here. And the guy turns around and says, well, who are uh, those no, people? No who are these people? <laughs>
0: That's just a magical well, maybe, camera viewfinder. It's maybe he like...
1: was essentially. essentially don't, maybe the guy was sort of tweaking his nipples. Yeah, don't press the. Uh... <laughs> but it's um, yeah. It, maybe the Lib Dems have to do that for attention because politics is so full on. Um, but I don't think that makes them clever. I think that makes them. I don't know, like a toddler.
0: I, I think they've got a difficult game to play, and they're playing it badly. I wouldn't say no. I'd say they're playing it okay. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say clever, but I would say not dumb either. I, I think they're doing... They are attention-grabbing policies, and the question is really how they will be able to play them if there, you know, is an election. I think they're positioning themselves correctly for now, but then who knows what's going to happen in the next few months. Who knows what's going to happen uh, on I,
1: Thursday? That's... <laughs>
0: <laughs> well exactly that, that could uh, be a big
1: factor in it uh, or not who knows I mean now, Well, I we think we've now we've essentially established that the, the government you know they don't have to listen to they don't have to listen to parliament they probably won't listen to the electorate yeah. they won't who says they'll listen to the, the courts they don't listen to the legalities of um, I don't know, the courts on uh, arms sales why would they on
0: anything e- else even, even if they have to listen to the courts again, I mean presumably unless they actually get locked up would have to go through another week for a, a different um, um because they could claim... Uh, uh, this time it totally was a normal one.
1: The only time Boris Johnson is going to listen to the judges is when he inevitably goes and strictly come dancing after he's deposed. How <laughs> uh, long before that? Next been. series, definitely.
0: Anyway, he might not be able to go on that because he might be in prison.
1: <laughs> Let's hope. That's,
0: that's, that's, that's my hope. Um, or maybe he could consider moving to another country. Um, I heard Luxembourg, Luxembourg I don't, I don't is quite, quite nice to this time of year. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to pay him any attention there, so he should be fine. Um, did you... Uh, so in a sort of completely different bit of news that I, I guess I was sort of thinking we'd get on early on, was that did you read that the Polish ambassador has written to the 823,000 Poles living in the UK suggesting they seriously consider returning back to Poland? <laughs> Firstly, because the economy is growing better, uh, and secondly, because over forty percent of them are not getting the um, simple registration process the government promised.
1: I did not. I mean, that doesn't that seem to be playing it? That seems to be playing into the Brexit Party's hands, though, right? Um,
0: <laughs> well, it certainly is giving them what they want. It also makes you feel really bad for the people of Poland, who, have, in whatever country they find themselves, other people ask them to start registering themselves. That's not a good sign. It happened to them in the late thirties. <laughs> it's happening to them now.
1: I think it's been a bad. Re- Have you been watching that um, documentary on the rise of the Nazis on the BBC? Um, if you haven't, I d-
0: no. No, but I've been watching what Boris Johnson does, which is the same well, I thing. Say it's
1: um, you know history repeats itself first as tragedy, then as far. And I'm surprised I've been spending quite so much time during this rise of the Nazis without my trousers and hiding under the stairs from the vicar. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't
0: realize the vicar played a key part. in what it, do you, um, was, Have you? you know, uh, I did. I did. I did, Have you noticed that? Um, and maybe it's a and little. Notice,
1: well. Uh, well, the um, Archbishop of Canterbury told us all to stop moaning about Brexit and get on with it.
0: Yeah, but didn't the Archbishop of Canterbury also promise to run a big sort of people's court and um, you know step in and
1: help everyone decide whether they really wanted no, it? No, that was something that Rory Stewart suggested in one of his opium. Fantasies.
0: No, the Church of England definitely, actually, definitely commented on it. <laughs> they said they'd do it, and, th- and then I think afterwards they probably said, "We totally don't get involved in politics, though." But we will, but we don't. But I think it was an I was going
1: to say last week we forgot to um, allocate victory. Can you remember whether I won or you won last week? I don't. I think it was a score draw. Mm, fair enough. This makes this a big, the the second leg in a big six-pointer. So, I think we, I think... You think you well, won I, again? I, I do, because... <laughs> no, I think I won this time. Let's, um, well, let's uh, agree to disagree we'll and I, I
0: think it, I think the thing is, like, we're, I mean, we were talking about toddlers, yeah? And talking about toddlers getting attention. And the problem here is that I find it very annoying when my toddler achieves attention in roughly the manner you're describing, which he does more often than I'd like. But I will say that he does get that attention. And from his point of view, the attention is all he wants. So, I I think that, once again, you're trying to ascribe more higher motives to the Lib Dems than actually they have or need in
1: the situation. I... I don't think I'll be guilty of ascribing higher motives or any motions to the the Lib Dems um, in the future. I think motions are the issue. (laughs) Indeed. Um, So thank you um, for listening to... This week's That Option No Longer Exists. We'll see you post verdict next week. You can catch up with us uh, all through the week at, on Twitter, that, at That Option Pod, or on Facebook, search for That Option No Longer Exists, or pop to our website and listen to all of the out-of-date episodes, which is thatoption.co.uk, and we will pop up in the, the show notes to this episode um, that photo of Adam pretending to be Tony Blair on a on a Labour conference stage, just to, to entertain oh, you.
0: That's an excruciating truth. Uh, um, yeah, so you can uh, enjoy that, and, and of course enjoy all of our back issues as you wander around the supermarkets stocking up for the second Brexit.
1: Brexit two, the sequel. Um, yeah, we'll uh, see you next week. Bye-bye.
0: Bye bye. Bye.